guys, welcome to the Seven Figure Box Show. My name is Andrew Frezza, and today I'm joined by Tyler Sullivan from Badger CrossFit. Uh, Tyler is a good friend of mine. He was once my business coach um, through Jim Wright a few years back, and someone that's been in the CrossFit space forever. He has uh, probably one of the gyms that's most similar to our gym um, in the way it runs, the size of it, the type of programs that we offer, how long we've been around. And it made it for a very, very effective business coaching relationship. We got a lot of knowledge, a lot of tools from Tyler. So I'm excited to talk to Tyler today. How are you doing, Tyler? I'm doing well, Andrew. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Of course. Um, so give us, give us some of the just like quick touch points of uh, your gym and where you're at, uh, your, your journey. So we have a little more context and you can mention the business coaching stuff of when, where that fit in the timeline as well. Absolutely. Well, I mean, um, you know, I found CrossFit kind of, I was one of those early adopters back in 07, 08, you know, and I, I realized this was kind of unique, but I didn't really fully immerse myself into the gym culture back until 2009. And it was at that moment I realized like, this is kind of the path I wanted to take for myself in this world, in this business world. Um, I was doing IT work for, I don't know, nine years prior, I think it was. And while it obviously paid the bills and it did that thing, but it didn't really fulfill my passions and desires to help make an impact on people. Uh, and that was in 09 that I realized that, that was kind of the path I was looking to take. And, um, you know, personally for me, um, it was a two-year journey essentially of learning as much as I can about being an athlete first, about the movements, about the actual kind of the intricacies of what we do from a service level perspective. And, um, and, and just being obviously I try to become as much of a experienced coach as possible. Um, and then 2011, obviously I opened up with that passion and that dream and realized that this area was just not being served in the manner that it could have been from a health and fitness perspective. So I opened up Badger CrossFit 2011 here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I, um, realized very quickly that, you know, we hit the, we kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of um, timing, uh, regards to you know, location as well. So location and timing were critical in our journey. And, um, I feel that we just hit that sweet spot and right off the bat, essentially we've had stratospheric growth for a good three to five years post open, even, even a little bit, maybe, yeah, five to six years, I, I would even argue mm -hmm. um, where it's just been like, ten, you know, twofold increases every year. And then, of course, things level off as usual in a mature market. And, you know, so nine years later, here we sit. And nice. um, you know, it will be our nine-year anniversary, August 1st. So we're, we're coming up on it. When um, did the uh, business coaching fit in for you? When did you start getting into that? Yeah. So back in 2017, 2017 if I recall correctly, um, I was approached by a, the person who was in charge of the business coaching program um, that was at the known or at the, at the time was Barbell Business. And um, mm -hmm. uh, he approached me. He was a local uh, gym owner, sort of relative, or two, two hours south of me in Chicago. And um, obviously, you know, Angelo Cisco. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. He, uh, he and I kind of, he struck up the conversation and he realized kind of what we were doing up here. He's, he was keeping an eye kind of on just kind of the general gist of what we've been doing. And he approached me with some ideas and me and I kind of came to the consensus that we'd like to start something like this together and help other gym owners out that have had either 
you know, that have growth issues or maybe just have challenges that are other gym owners just want to share with each other to be able to overcome. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, and how long did you do that for? Uh, I was a business coach for about two and a half years. And, um, uh, I would say we last year, yeah, so approximately two and a half years. Um, and it was obviously a very wonderful experience, a lot of growth for myself, of course, you know, cause I didn't obviously have all the answers and there's a lot of gyms that just have unique scenarios that I was able to kind of pull from across the world to, uh, to be able to help and further you know, gyms in the future. And, uh, it was really cool to, to be able to meet and, and hang out with a lot of uh, different types of models of gyms, not just CrossFit gyms. Like we've had kettlebell gyms that I've worked with. I've worked with pure powerlifting gyms, strength and conditioning facilities, performance centers, you name it. So, yeah. Did you see any models out there that were interesting to you or, or just um, extremely successful that outside of the, the traditional CrossFit space? Oh yeah. Um, I've, I've worked with several um, like kettlebell only style gyms where um all it is is kettlebells essentially i mean it it wasn't like a pure um like strength and conditioning facility as you would know it um but it was all the dynamics within that kind of world put into a kettlebell and i mean you can make as, as as i realized with working with some of these different models that it's not the sorry pardon the background noise um it's not necessarily the service that um that they were true like that was unique it was the coaching and the type of way they managed and ran their business that was so great that made everybody want to be a part of it and i just remember some of these kettlebell only gyms just absolutely crushing it business wise and financially um and it was it was a great great experience to sort of learn from you know and and see what they're doing outside of crossfit what's amazing how um what, what could seem like a limitation is like we're only using kettlebells could actually bring clarity to what you do for the market. Um, constraints can simplify your, your process and your programs. And I mean, you think about a yoga studio or a spin studio, it's I very much say it's in the same boat. It's like, you know, it's one implement, they've defined what it is. And then it's like, okay, what are all the things that go into making a great class experience that fall outside of, programming or equipment that you have access to. And uh, you know, you know, just as well as anybody that we tend to be a little more, a little bit too romantic in the CrossFit space about our programming, our methodology and our equipment, instead of if we defined that very limited, what, and then had to look at everything else we could do to provide a great service or great business, we'd have to think in a much more creative way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think there's, I've, you hit it on the head, I think with just, we are definitely very romantic about it, but also, um, you know, there's so much obviously what entails to our type and style of fitness and what our objectives are with our type of training mm-hmm. that, you know, it sort of blurs the lines a little bit about on clarity of, you know, what we're approaching or how we're delivering our products and services, you know, from like, it's so broad and inclusive that it's almost very hard to focus on anything. And, you know, for some people that's easier than others, you know, and those that can take that with stride, they usually are more, more successful. But I think at the end of the day, it's a, uh, um, sometimes it can be a hindrance because there's so much that we can do and focus on, um, in terms of product delivery or service delivery and, you know, for other businesses and other gyms, it's just like, it's one thing like kettlebells, like we were saying that makes it a little bit easier for them, I think, to, you know, 
know what they're doing now and in the future. And it's, a, it's just more clear for them. So mm -hmm. when you look back at, at your history, what, what turning points stick out to you? If you feel like you had any, I mean, it sounds like you, you, you launched the gym with, I think more preparation than most, at least nine years ago, for sure. You probably would do it way differently if you did it today, but it sounds like you, you didn't just, just fling open the doors and hope for the best. You had uh, a decent strategy there. Um, but what, what things stand out to you over the last nine years as turning points or lessons learned for you? I know Jim Wright, when we started with Jim Wright, it was huge. I mean, whether it be things like starting to really track detailed numbers for the first time, starting to actually spend more time in the sales and marketing and how we present our brand outside of just the four walls. I mean, those, those are big turning points for us. The value of a business coach, I mean, brought so many lessons learned, but can you think of any for you? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I will be honest. Yeah. I, at, in the very beginning, it was just, it was purely a passion play. You know, I just loved it so much that if I could literally just do so well with, you know, caring about people, giving them, this awesome service and, you know, hoping they return tomorrow was literally kind of the, the, the thing, you know, and, and it was good three years that I did that, you know, and we, again, we've grown, we grew, we grew significantly. And I'm not going to say it was just because of that. I also believe it was just people are new to CrossFit, right? That was the golden era of like growth for, for, you know, and um, I definitely rode that wave. There's no question about it. Um, but I feel that those that rolled that wave, but didn't make those changes like I'm going to talk about here that are the ones that are now struggling or maybe are already shut down because we all got to experience that early gyms. You know, I always say like, I mean, we had a guy that was the 12th affiliate ever in the entire country or world, excuse me, here in Milwaukee. Um, wow. And great guy. Love him. Great coach. He's a coach's coach. You know what I mean? One of those guys, but I'm like, these guys should have like an, an entire empire you know, from a business side, because he was so early. But at the end of the day, like it, you have to make these adapt and changes and, and adapt to the market to be able to, to I think, flourish. And I yeah. feel that that point in my business was around the 2015-16 mark, where mm -hmm. we were really now having to focus on navigating the waters, the shark infested waters at that, right? Like with just so many different models that are copying us, so many different types of people that were wanting to try CrossFit or that maybe had a connotation that CrossFit was dangerous. Right. And we've had to really start to focus, I think at that, those, those years where it was like, now we have to start to think about how are we delivering our service? Who's the type of customer we're trying to bring in? Um, and, and what is the sales and marketing role within that? Like, what's the expectations? You know, when you come into this gym, people are expecting, I just want to get my butt handed to me, you know, and it's like, wait a second. Okay, that'll happen. We can we can easily do that, right? But I don't think that's I don't think it's appropriate necessarily from a longevity standpoint for yourself or the business. So what's is, what's the end game there, right? Yeah, yeah. What's the end game with you? And I think it's you know I, after seeing those sort of kind of things come come to that point, uh, it was myself I needed and my I had help with my brother at the time who was who helped me grow significantly for a good two years. Um, from an operational side that uh, we had to make some changes, you know, and that's when, you know, we took this thing from a passion play to a business, right. That mm -hmm. sustain people's lives and careers and in retirement, you know, like for, this is a, this is no longer just, here's this awesome little hobby gym, right. 
And it wasn't a hobby to me. Obviously, I was working full time at it. But, you know, it's that mindset of now it's a career. Now it's not just my career, but it's many other people's careers that I have to worry about. So what do I got to do from the business side to be able to make that sustainable? Cool. So let's fast forward to today. Obviously, both our, our gyms are closed for the coronavirus shutdown. Yeah, um, we're, I don't know, six, seven weeks in at this point. It could be more. I don't know. I've lost track Crazy. of time. What is it? Is it Sunday? Is it Wednesday? I have no idea. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is Groundhog Day. But we, we've used this time on our end to think about how we want to reimagine our business. You know, if mm. we could start fresh today, I think in many ways this buys us a clean slate. And as you saw this morning, we, we actually rebranded our gym literally this morning, sent out the email and YouTube video to announce that um, we're rebranding our gym to Fit Town Jupiter from CrossFit Palm Beach. So we now have a brand that we're still going to run CrossFit and Beach Fit classes, but yep. Fit Town Jupiter is our brand moving forward. So, and then that's just one of many things that we're reimagining. So are you, are you taking this time for that or where are you at right now with this time and mm -hmm. what things are you thinking about right now? Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's uh, obviously very props to you guys for thinking forward and, and being able to, you know, take these times of, you know, supposed break and just reimagine or re refocus on what your vision is for your business or your ideal day for yourselves and your family is, you know, and I think for me as a business owner and then family man and boss and athlete, like I'm, I'm taking, I'm trying to take obviously these, this struggle of being able to not serve my clients right now in stride. And, um, you know, for myself is, is kind of similar thoughts to you. And I think, you know, you and I obviously with the business coaching relationship back in the day, but more importantly, I think it was just, we were so similar in just mindset, but also how we ran our businesses. Um, and, and that's awesome because I mean, you're, as I told you earlier to the, the zoom here that, um, you know, we, we're also looking at those types of larger kind of changes with, you know, rebranding or, um, you know, us redoing our website or our member management software that we're doing right now. So we're making obviously some of these little things that would interrupt our business significantly not significantly, but more so than the average type of decision. And we're just trying to take those things and we're, we're, we're saying, what can we do now? And you know, that we've always kind of wanted to do, but just kind of put off as a result just because of timing. And, and so those are the things that we're definitely thinking about at the moment. Obviously, rebranding is one. Um, I just mentioned earlier, member management and, um, and, uh, and member, uh, I'm sorry, uh, marketing marketing as well, marketing systems and things like that. So we're doing several of those changes and we're, we're, we're trying to figure out what's best there. But then on the operational side from the employees side, I will, uh, I've, I've asked all of them to sort of reimagine their perfect day from, um, right now, you know, cause you know, here's an opportunity for them to shift where their heads are at with where they want to be, you know, with their clients. And we've had some conversations about, what they're doing now and you know the online thing and then the in-person thing and you know just reimagining what they're what they're looking to do and i think that's that's something that i think we all should be considering at the moment yeah what what are things that you're that that you want to be as part of your perfect day moving forward i know we've one of the things that we've talked about a lot um was like how many classes should be would should we be coaching um you know, we, I know we both love to coach, but then we also, as our gyms and our teams have grown, we've seen where that takes away from our ability to be 
a good leader, a good manager, um, you know, and to do what's necessary for all parties, not just, um, you know, that small group that's in front of us at any given time. So um, where do things like that fit in and what, where, you know, where's your perfect day moving forward? What things stick out to you? Yeah, I had a conversation with one of my employees uh, about that. And, um, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about um, the group class format potentially impeding on the personal side goals of what this person was looking to do. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not saying that that, like, obviously we have a minimum basic duty that we require, obviously, as an employee, paid salary, whatever. Like, that's part of it. Um, and, you know, in talking with him, it made me kind of think about what I have and what I would like. And, um, you know, the group class, the number of size or the classes that we have, I mean, I'm, it's definitely something that we love and our members obviously come to, but um, it's something also, or I'm sorry, not come to, but like they, they feel like this is what they love the most. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I want to, I, I, I do want, I, I want to take this time and an opportunity to, to reshift, you know, how often we're meeting and checking in with our, with our members and mm-hmm. the types of people that we're getting even more, we're further refining, you know, and, and you know, we're always going to be this group format gym. That's, that's obviously a huge, if not almost all of our business is, is more of the group model, um, which is fun. But I think also there's a, there's struggle and there's, you know, some risks associated with that, you know, if you're not diversifying yourself enough. Mm-hmm. We've recently, you know, I, I've, one of the big pushes that I'm reimagining and for my perfect day is to have, you know, obviously a lot more corporate, a lot more uh, private and a lot more like semi-private. And, you know, we're, we're, we're already doing some of that. And a lot of that's going to not only, it, it's just, it's, I love the group thing. We've been doing it for nine years, basically. But, you know, I'm, ha- I'm finding these other avenues in which we can start to make an impact and make our community healthier and more resilient. And, um, and, and it's not just the people that are seeking us out at a gym. Rather, it's what they're getting from their, their employers or what they're getting from their team environments. And those are things that just, you know, I'm, I'm, I, w- I would love to be able to continue to spread sort of our, fin- or our hands in these pots a little bit with with uh, just making the, the community healthier and safer, you know? And more yeah, I, lo- I love that. I love that. I mean, we're thinking about so many of the th- same things. I mean, we love the group class so much. We have, again, we have such similar gyms. Mm-hmm. I think it's like an understanding of the group class is great, but also even though we have a group in front of us, we still want to understand how the group class fits into that individual's goals. And I think, I think yeah. that's what we've, we've both been spending a lot of time thinking about is, how can we still deliver a great group class experience, yep. but understand where the group class fits into Sally's goals. So that way I know whether she should be doing three group classes a week or six group classes a week and what else she should be doing instead. And, you know, is she so focused on getting to five, six group classes a week that she's neglecting the thing that's really most important for her, which is either sleep or nutrition or something else, or maybe just her emotional health and a relationship with her spouse. Like, not that we have to get down fully down that scope, but you know, you're when you when you 
only have group class as your solution, if that's the only way you deliver the solution rather as rather than a part of the solution, mm -hmm. it's very different. It's a very different application. And I think that that's where we're both kind of getting at is like, let's make it part of the solution. Let's continue it for to be great. But let's understand where we're actually going towards and what other elements may have to be there to make sure that person is moving towards that goal. Very true. And I think um, it, it all comes down to the over, overall expectation, you know, of what this person was truly seeking. And obviously with a rebrand, you know, like if we're CrossFit, CrossFit's known to be group because of just that's what it has become because it wasn't started with that intention, obviously, with Greg Glassman beginning it. It was all private one-on-one -on -one, just in a small group. Um, but I think it was the expectations of our customers and our clients, our future clients at that, that, you know, they're like, I'm going to here because I want to get fit or I want to go here because I want to have this solved or whatever it is. Right. And I think if we just, we're almost doing them a disservice if we don't have that conversation prior for, and this is again, like, you know, talking about like a big shift of our business was that conversation needs to take place prior to them walking in the gym. You know, most days, People come in like, yeah, just jump into our classes. It's like, that, let's try out a class. Like, mm -hmm. that might be something that's completely off the, the cuff. And you could be limiting not only your business, you know, or like some, you know, like a financial incentive for it. I'm not just saying it's about that, but you're also limiting this person's potential that could have been a better opportunity for them to resolve their goals. Like you said, you know, maybe this person doesn't need five days a week of high intensity CrossFit and a constant pounding of cortisol. And they need more like a two to three day a week. And then these other days are doing these things. And because um, everybody's different, you know, and I think uh, having that crucial conversation to begin is, is very, very critical. And um, I think more important. And like you mentioned, group has its place to be a prescription for this person's goals. No question about it. But it can't be the starting point necessarily. Right. Where we say, oh, jump in the class. Oh, Johnny, you're having problems. Well, let's get you out of there and let's move you over to this more higher value or more expensive plan. It's like, well, no, you told me from the beginning I've been doing this thing. I can I can get my goals with this group format. It's going to be hard for them to make that mindset shift. And then we put ourselves into a hole. And I think the whole industry as a result like of just how fast it's grown is now sort of backtracking. Not backtracking, but um, shifting a little bit about you know, what it means to, to prescriptive sell or to, to prescriptive or prescribe someone's, uh, you know, health and fitness. Like what, what do they need to do going forward? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think we, we all were in a mindset for a while where it was try a free class, try, come try a class and see what it was all about. So you just thought this person just gets a taste of it. They're going to fall in love. They're going to, you know, yep. then we can figure it out later. And now it's shifting back, you know, hopefully it's shifting back because I think the more, the more gyms that do it that start with more of this prescriptive model, then I think it's a win for everybody. I think more, you know, whether it's an orange theory, a spin studio, regardless, yeah. they get, everyone gets a better client. Everyone probably gets a, a higher value client and the clients that do show up and stick with their gym are, are likely going to be a better fit, which is going to attract more people like that. Now I also know that's easier said than done, especially yeah. when you have several hundred members that didn't go through that process right you have several hundred members that are used to just bringing a friend with them and stuff like that so from an implementation standpoint how have you actually put that into effect in, a, in an effective way yeah that and that that, that was the, one of the bigger challenges of making people see the value of more of a personalized touch you know um 
I think that's been a, a, one of the bigger struggles, of course, for a larger gym like myself and, and, and you guys, I'm sure, but others across the world. But um, one thing that we, I really do credit a lot of success with that in, in terms of just mindset and of the athlete is our, um, you know, I've, to, I've spoken to you about this prior, but our um, implementation of level method has been a crucial component in creating uh, a dynamic in which the member sees their journey as individual inside of a group. And I think that just first off, that that helped open the door up for us to those conversations a little bit more granularly, okay? Being able to tell people here's why and what and what you should be doing, like it's a little bit easier when you sort of see it from a visual side of this makes sense for this person and this makes sense for me. And then, of course, we had to make sure we had the things in the back end to be able to say, here's mm -hmm. what can we do to help you? You know, yeah, you want to personal training, personal programming, mm -hmm. stuff mm -hmm. like that, you're saying. Yep. Yep. And, you know, not everybody's going to see the value in that. I fully understand that. You know, people are very okay with just being normal and just like not being so like serious about their health and fitness. We have a bunch of people that are, this is their, our checkbox and they don't want to think about it ever again. And I, that's fine, you know, as long as we know that. And as long as they understand that too, you know, I think that's mm -hmm. important too, is that you're only going to get these things. And if they're cool fat, I'm, who am I to judge that? So, yeah, that would say. But, yeah, and then that, but that athlete can realize that, I mean, they, it sounds like to me that person then falls under kind of a stress relief, more of a social, right? But then they can realize it and then they can, yep. they can realize that, you know what? I don't have to put more weight on the bar. I don't have to try to compete with the person next to me and it, it might just be a single touch point or a single conversation that helps them realize that but now even though the prescription maybe didn't change for that person mm -hmm. the their their relationship to the prescription has changed because now they know what they get out of it and now they know that it is benefiting their goals and they don't have to put unnecessary you know emotional stake into what others are doing or something like that because for them it is just a social or stress relief yes absolutely that's um I, a lot of people i think don't necessarily view from like that kind of higher viewpoint of themselves you know in that um i think it's just it's, uh, again that's our job as a coach they and and that's what we're obviously we sell is our we're, we're selling the coaching side so and the coaching is not just physical right it's the mental side and i think them and us telling them that and instructing that to them is going to be a crucial part of just their understanding of what they're getting and why they're doing what they're doing, you know, and that's, that's part of our game. That's part of what we do. Um, yeah. I want to, I want to highlight that what you said, our, our job as a coach is to show them that higher view of themselves. I think there's so many times where as coaches, when someone is stuck emotionally, we, we disconnect, we stop coaching and we start to blame or maybe we talk behind that person's back and instead of continuing to coach actually mm -hmm. one of our one of our core values we went through a, uh, a kind of a rewrite your mission statement vision statement oh, uh, cool. core values course and it was one of the cool recommendations one of my favorite parts of the course was saying that um, take some of your core values and turn them into daily actions so one of those core values that we made as an action was we coach so this became an effective core value for us because a lot of times when when gossip was coming up, a lot of times when people would present 
problems, our coaches would present the problem in the meeting instead of presenting a solution to that. It gives us something now to kind of go to of remember guys, we coach, like, how do you coach this person to be better? And I, I love that you brought that up of, um, you know, we show that person um, sort of that higher view of themselves because yeah, I, I'm working with a lot of clients one-on-one -on -one right now through true coaches, our gym shut down. And it's amazing how many people can't get past that surface level. Um, and once you do break through through that, it just opens up a, a world of conversations and action steps and all these things, but it can be very hard to break through that, that surface level of, you know, I, I just want to, just want to get my workouts in again. I just want to, you know, release some stress. I just want to mm -hmm. blow off some steam. I just want to get a barbell back in my hands. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, what do you really want? Um, yeah. that's, you know, so just wanted to highlight that. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's a great, I, I love that. I, I think that's something I'm going to take too, is just taking your core value and make them actionable and an everyday action even, or just like you said, is that what, I think that's what you said. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. I think that's obviously something that places what you are saying is very important to your, you and yourself and your organization and your principles and putting it into practice for everybody so that it just becomes this culture thing. So that's awesome. I love it. Um, yeah, I, I really do feel in the, especially in the past three years, you know, my job has definitely been to have those harder conversations with those members, you know, and we've lost quite a few, you know, as a result, I've had to have these deep conversations with people to say, ultimately, what are we doing this for? You come in every day and you just pound yourself. We have people that say, I want these longer workouts, or I want this type of style of workout, or I, I want to be pummeled. I want to be, have the sexy workout. And I'm like, I can do that. That is the easiest thing as a coach for me to do. I can destroy you every day. And we all know that that's possible, right? But it's, it's the conversations that they need to have with themselves that are the difficult ones. And that's why are you doing this? Like ask the question why you want that, right? If it's, oh, I just want a harder workout. Well, why do you want a harder workout? Well, I, I need to burn off stress. I have a really stressful job. I'm like, okay. Why do you need to burn off the stress? How, you know, like what other ways can we manage this? I have more experience in this realm of beating my body up, being a competitor. And I know that the end of the day is not a good thing, right? But you're telling me you want this. So you got to, you know, it's for those conversations I'm having with people. And at the end of the day, my service and our programming or our whatever it is may not line up with those types of things in these members. And that's important for us also to understand, but also the member. It might not be a good fit because at the end of the day, our job is to do X, Y, and Z, right? You want X, Y, and Z. We're not making you better. It's not going to make you a better person or it's not going to meet your, what you're looking for. So it's best to part ways. You know, and I think that's a huge uh, thing as well. You know, just understanding that those higher conversations do end up leading to harder decisions on, on your business sometimes too, mm -hmm. or uh, harder uh, results, excuse me. So that leads into something else I want to ask about, which is like, what do you think are your, your strengths as a business owner? And, um, we, we kind of touched on some of that perfect day moving forward. And maybe this is, this is part perfect day, but also part just where you provide the most value to the business. And maybe there, there isn't necessarily overlap between those two having tough conversations may not be, you know, part of your perfect day, but you know, it's an essential element of your role. Um, so where, where do you feel like your strengths are and where, how do you leverage those? Um, I, I am, I feel that I'm very strong in the vision of, 
and the 10,000 foot view, like we we're kind of mentioning, I can, I can really start to understand sort of the, the reasons behind certain things and decisions and how they are going to impact them one to five years from now. Like I, I feel that um, I, I do a really good job with understanding that vision and having a lot of presentable ideas to resolve problems or to create new solutions or whatever it is. So um, it's, it's taking ideas and, and, and putting them into fruition, so to speak. And I feel that it's, that's a good thing for me, obviously as a, as the organization, the CEO or the owner of this business, it's nice to have a vision forward to understand. I also feel that, um, you know, my strengths of just being able to meet people where they're at, you know, and have the interpersonal skills to um, understand people where they're coming from and have those conversations, those harder conversations and uh, understand just exactly what's happening there. So the emotional intelligence, I guess, is another strength. So yeah, I'd say those are my strengths. Um, did you ask about my weaknesses yet or? <laughs> I, no, I'd like to ask about that as well, which is, this is not a job interview, but it kind of sounds like one, but. Totally, um, yeah, it's good. I, I like the weakness side because, you know, not how do you sort of fit that into your perfect day and how do you maybe uh, compensate for those? Do you build a team? Do you delegate? Um, do you just move the business in a complete different direction that doesn't involve those weaknesses at all? I mean, how do you attack those? Well, I think um, one big part of, you know, having this vision, of course, is also a pro to that or a con to that, excuse me, is um, sometimes my vision is so, so like strong that I sort of just kind of ignore other people's ideas or I don't listen properly to kind of what's happening right now. And I sort of overlook some of the management side of making sure my people stay in the clear communication with these goals versus me just doing it, you know, and just, of course, the implementation of these goals is a completely different type of skill than it is to just have the vision and idea. And um, that's definitely a weakness of mine. There's no question about it um, is taking these things, putting in and making them have more actionable steps is sometimes difficult for me. It doesn't mean I can't do it. I just, um, I know that that's, that's a lot harder for me. Um, and then getting the, and clearly communicating that into my staff to delegate, like you mentioned, like being able to delegate um, is, is something that I need to improve on as well. There's no question. I, I, I wish I could do it all, but I can't. And I just have to sometimes ensure that I lean on the people that I've hired who are great people and great, have great skills to be able to make this happen because you know, a, a business and a leader is only as good as they delegate. You know, and I'm, I'm, I think that's something that I definitely need to continue to work on. Agreed. Me too. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. You mentioned like location and timing was such a big part of your success. And I think that goes hand in hand with what you're saying as it relates to vision is that your vision might be, it, it's strong. It might be correct, but you, you know, how quickly do you want to evolve from what you have today? versus maybe turning a 180 and changing it overnight. Um, you know, it, it takes a, a feel and a pulse of where your team's at, where your community's at, and it could be the right ultimate decision, but it could be the wrong time, right? We talked about rebranding, um, you know, is, is timing matters. Timing will never be perfect. So there's a flip side to that. Um, but also you don't want to do things at the wrong time either. And I think it's, it's important to have sort of a feel for that 
um, which I think you do because you've made a lot of good decisions over the years. Yeah, more. But I guess we're still hanging on. We're we're. Uh, I've made a lot of bad decisions, but I've made a lot of right decisions, and uh, I can't discredit those. But yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the more be- the better decisions, obviously, are. You want more of those than you do bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about real estate because I think there's yeah. a lot more gym owners in our situation that are looking at real estate as a way to sort of bolster their future. Um, and it could just be owning their building and it could be leveraging that first purchase into uh, more of a passive income real estate business where the, the gym just becomes one part of their income and they have, you know, a small real estate portfolio to, mm-hmm. you know, serve as their primary income. So how, how far along have you gotten with that? And is that something that's part of your future? Very good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I was knee deep in this probably one year ago, um, right now, a little, maybe even a little bit longer than that, 12, 12 uh, 13, 14 months ago. And, um, yeah, I mean, I was in a position to, um, buy our building. So taking the uh, experience that I learned just in general of just kind of the intricacies of the numbers and looking at, you know, rent rolls and things like that was just one thing, but also just the negotiation process of trying to purchase this building. Now, I'm in a very, very unique type of building where it's very, it's like an old manufacturing building that is very large. It doesn't just have one section. There's a whole intricacies like, and it's not like a box. It's all over the place. It moves. Mm. It's a really unique building. And, How um, big is it, roughly? <sighs> or, or how much of it do you guys we, make up? So we make up 12,000, but there's like 60,000 square feet of this whole thing. Okay. And it's all chopped up. So there's five other tenants in the building, and they're all different, definitely mixed-use type, type facility, and it's a light manufacturing type zone. But um, that, was, uh, that was obviously something that was very interesting, and uh, I was up I realized very quickly in the, in the real estate stuff that number one, it comes down to making sure you um, know what you're getting into. You know, are you wanting to be a landlord or are you wanting to be a business owner, you know, and, or do you want to have this asset? If you're a standalone building, it's completely different play, right? You can have a building that you only occupy occupy. And then you have this other building that maybe has other tenants in it. And for me, five other people, six actually, maybe, um, was just something that was for me at the time was too much for me to handle, right? It's either, um, I'd have to hire another company to do the management of it and all the lease negotiations and the, all that stuff. And, um, and then not to mention the capital of bar, bar, buying such a very large building was extremely high, you know, and, and with, with the type of business I'm running, I just wasn't able to swing that. So, um, so is that something that's still part of your future or you think, um, uh, you think you're going to go a different route? Well, I mean, for the foreseeable future, we're going to be staying in our building um, as a as a tenant. I'm going to continue to lease um, unless our our model shifts. You know, like I said, we always need this type of. We'll always need, based on just our type of, like our size gym, we're going to need a large space for group classes, right? And again, group is a big part of what we do, and there's no question about that. And I don't think we'll ever stop that. I, it would be silly not to because people love it. Um, but we also have an understanding of potential changes in our business model that we might require a smaller space that we might be able to buy um, for more of the private type stuff or whatever it is. So um, yeah, I'm always gonna be looking at real estate. If there's an opportunity out there for my business to move to something that would fit the needs, 
of everything, I will, I will definitely pursue it. No question. Nice. What about, what about business coaching? Do you plan to get back into that? Um, was that something that you, you know, enjoyed and, and see as part of your future? Yeah, I, um, I really, really love, I love helping people. And I obviously I got in the business cause this is a people business to, you know, help people through this awesome way of, of, of health and fitness. And that's just, it was really fun for me. And I, 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 it's shifted obviously when I became a business coach and being able to work with awesome people like you, you know, uh, and hundreds of others across the world has been a very, very unique and blessed opportunity that I was able to have. And, um, I love taking the mistakes and wins that I've had in my business and being able to share them with others to be able to make them better, or better owners and better managers. And, you know, that's something that I would love to continue in the future. Um, you know, right now, obviously we have enough, I have enough to do with just my gym and, and the future of my gym and what we're looking to do. But, um, I would absolutely in the future consider business coaching again. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I think we'll wrap up there. Uh, anything awesome. else that you want to add? Uh, no, I mean, I, I, well, to all the gyms out there right now that are struggling during this COVID crisis, you know, just keep hanging on guys, keep, stay tough. And, um, you know, if, if you need any sort of help and suggestions with, uh, you know, navigating those waters, um, I've done a lot of it right now and I've done some things that, uh, hopefully push us in the right direction in the future, but, you know, just keep fighting the good fight. So where can people find you or reach out to you if they want to talk to you more or learn more about you? You can uh, find me on uh, Facebook, Tyler Sullivan, um, facebook.com slash Tyler Sullivan, or you could go uh, Instagram, BCF Tyler. And uh, you can also look at my gym's uh, information. It's Badger CrossFit, both on Facebook and, crowd, and on Instagram as well. Nice. Thanks for the time, Tyler. Good talking to you. See ya.